Man, you got to clap for that message right there, guys. I mean, that is, I got a text today. got a text earlier. Someone had uh, sent me, and it just said, he is risen. And I sent back, and that makes all the difference. You know, it makes all the difference. Uh, there were three who were crucified that day, but only one that walked out of the tomb. And that makes all the difference. Thank you for being here today as we celebrate together. We hope that you've had already an uplifting morning. Uh, if, you find, if you find in your seating area the golden egg, <laughs> it was a little wet outside earlier today, so our children's ministry did our egg hunt in here, all right? Uh, because we didn't want to make any mamas mad. We didn't want to come home with dirty shoes, dirty clothes before pictures could be made. So we had Easter egg hunt in here. And so if you find the golden egg, you get to go to heaven. That is great. Man, we're excited for you. Um, everybody gets baptized when they get the golden egg. That's what we do. <laughs> Thanks so much again for, for coming. I got to be honest with you. Uh, this week I took a ride on the struggle bus. Have you ever ridden on the struggle bus where it's just, man, things just do not go right. No matter how hard you try, it just seems like something is just always, always going wrong. So I sat down this week to try to put together some thoughts of some things that I would share with you this morning, and nothing happened. Well, I'll take that back. Nothing productive happened. I surfed Facebook. Uh, it was very wordy. All you wordle people out there, it was very wordy on Facebook. So I went to Instagram, and it was very pretty. All of you pretty people post things, you know. I don't know how many pictures you have to take before you get the right filter just right, you know, before you post it, but man, we got some pretty people. I then went and surfed on Twitter, and everybody was angry there. Everybody was, man, went back to Instagram, look at the pretty people. Uh, I thought I would make a TikTok video, all right? I mean, I thought I would do that, and then, you know, my kids were like, uh, no, Dad, that's not for you. Facebook is your area, not TikTok. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so I didn't do that. I talked to my fish. Uh, that didn't help. I counted the tiles in my office. I've got 42 ceiling tiles. 42 ceiling tiles, all up. Uh, whoever put them up did a great job. I mean, they're, they're up there. They're, they, look, they look great. Um, I, I geeked out over the trailer for the upcoming Top Gun Maverick movie. Have you guys seen that? Yes, I know, right? Um, coming to theaters near you, May 27th, just letting you know. I feel the need, the need for speed, that's right. Man, that, that, I can't wait, that's going to be awesome. Uh, a preacher is just seldom for a loss of words, but I was, and they just wouldn't come, or at least the right words wouldn't. It seemed like that everything I put down just seemed old and, and dated, kind of like me if I was in a TikTok video. And so I went back and I looked at past Easter messages, and, and what I found, things that I'd shared with you in the past, they all focused on the importance and the relevance of Christ's resurrection. But then after I read each one, I kept wondering and asking myself, well, what else is there left to say? What else is there that I can tell you? What specifically can I say to you? I mean, because by and large, those of you who are here at our gathering this morning, and, and those of you who are tuning in online on our virtual campus you guys know the resurrection story. You know about the empty tomb and how Jesus died and how he was raised again. And, and you know, if you're, not really, if you're not really careful about it, though, 
That familiarity, that understanding of the story, it ends up breeding contempt. Because the older that we get, the more, the more that things just don't impress us. You know, when we were kids, man, everything, it was amazing. I mean, everything was big, and it was wow, and it was, oh, i got to tell you, and this is fantastic. And then the older we get, we keep looking around for something that actually is amazing, right? Something that we haven't seen before, something that will impress us, something that will knock our socks off. We want that. We want to experience it. And you felt this before. You went back to the house that you grew up in and all of a sudden realized it wasn't nearly as big as you thought it was. A lot smaller than you remembered. You went to that concert or, or you went to that ball game, but it just was a lot different than that first concert and that, that first ball game that you went to. You went out for a night on the town with some friends you hadn't seen in years. And then as you were sitting there talking, you realized that you guys don't have as much in common now as, as you used to. You laugh about your college days, but now things are just different. Holidays with family, it just seems different now the older that you get. And you know, all this might be just a natural part of growing up, and it's just something that we all end up experiencing. But there should be this exuberant amazement that fills the child of God regardless of how old that we are. You know, we might lose our wonder. We might lose that awe factor with things like vacation sites and holidays because they just don't measure up to things that we have in our head and our imaginations and our memories. But understand, we lose our wonder with the things of God due to familiarity. We pick and parse and dissect and discuss the wonder right out of ourselves. And I wonder this morning, could you be so familiar with Easter and so familiar with the story that you're just no longer moved by it. Another Easter has rolled around. You got dressed up. <laughs> I got dressed up, right? People are asking today, like, hey, who's our visiting preacher? We're not used to one with a coat and tie. Who's that guy? Well, picture day, you know. <laughs> the, the wife picked it out, everything. We get dressed up. We load the kids up in the car. We drive to a nearby church. We take some pictures. We hunt some eggs. We hear an Easter message, a resurrection message. And then we might go out and eat, spend some time with family and friends, and then we go home. But guys, all too often, we return home at best unmoved and at worst unchanged. Because we know what's coming. We know the aha moment. And because we know what's coming, we're just not overly impressed. And we're not very motivated. And yet for Jesus, it was the exact opposite. It was his knowledge of the coming resurrection that actually propelled him to Jerusalem. He said, we're going up to Jerusalem. He told his disciples, we're going. And then he got real with them. He said, the Son of Man will be delivered over the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death. They will hand him over to the Gentiles. They will mock him. They will spit on him. They will flog him. And they will kill him. And three days later, he will rise. Guys, Jesus knew what was going to happen. He knew the story even before it had been written. Judas' betrayal did not surprise him. He was not caught off guard by the soldiers that, that showed up in the garden and then took him away for trial. He was not bewildered when the crowd called out for Barabbas instead of shouting out his name. And when those people who were shouting, when they were yelling, crucify him, crucify him, I'm sure it broke his heart, but it did not shatter his perception. 
He knew what was coming. He stated his fact. He said, this is what's going to happen. He clearly saw what awaited him in Jerusalem. But amidst all that darkness, and amidst all that pain, there was still light and there was still hope in Jerusalem. See, Jerusalem meant death, but it also meant life. Jerusalem meant that there was going to be a cross, but Jerusalem also meant that there was going to be a tomb. And because Jesus knew what awaited him in the tomb, he did not avoid the journey to the cross. And guys, I just wonder if we're facing a difficult journey on the horizon. I just wonder if if you've got a difficult journey that's in front of you this week, or maybe this month, maybe this year. If so, would you let the promise of the resurrection help you confidently walk toward your Jerusalem? You might not have to face down an angry mob, but you do have to deal with upset customers and some screaming kids. You might not crumble under the weight of the cross, but you are stumbling under the pressure that is right now in your marriage. You might not be walking to your death, but you are holding the hands of loved ones as they are dying. Let the promise of the resurrection keep you moving forward. Because scripture tells us that the same unstoppable promise that sustained Jesus will empower you. You see, God wants to focus the same power, the same power that restored life to Jesus on those who believe in him. And that means you. And that means you guys that are back here. He wants to focus the same power that raised Jesus from the dead on your life to empower you. The Apostle Paul prayed that Christians would understand the incredible greatness of God's power for those who believe in him. And then he said, look, this is the same mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead. He wanted you to know, look, this isn't just some little power. I mean, this is more power. This is the power. So think about it. God has promised to touch your life with the resurrection power that brought Jesus' life back to him. The power that caused Jesus' still lungs to fill with air. The power that caused his silent heart to begin beating again. He wants to touch you with that power. You see, Scripture leverages the story of the resurrection, saying essentially, look, since God was able to do this, since God was able to provide resurrection, just imagine what he can do in your life. I mean, if he can do that, if he can raise Jesus, man, what can he accomplish in your life? Help you overcome destructive choices? Empower you to become something or or someone that you're not? Free you from addiction? Fill you with hope? Give you the strength to go and put the pieces back together? Grant you confidence to stand up in the face of injustice and discrimination? Guys, in the resurrection of Jesus, the answer to these and all other questions is yes. The answer is yes. The power of God can empower you to, well, to get to that point, to get to that place, to achieve what it is that you desire to be in Christ. The resurrection declares that God's power is power for our lives. And so Easter is a celebration of God, of a God who is able through his mighty power to accomplish more than we can ever ask or imagine and to accomplish that through us. That's what God wants to do. 
See, I think too many times we have individuals that come and they celebrate a resurrection day like this and they hear the story and they think that it's history and it's like that was nice and that was good and I'm glad that Jesus was raised because I'd like to be raised one day too. That sounds really cool. And I want to be able to have pie in the sky when I die by and by. I want heaven. And yet it might surprise you to learn that the resurrection is not just to be a one-day celebration, but it's a lifetime of empowerment. The power of the resurrection is not just future-oriented. It's not just looking off to one day, someday, whenever it is in the future. Sometimes we've been given this impression that that's all the resurrection is good for. It impacts our future. And so if we can only somehow endure, if we could just endure all the misfortunes, and if we could just stay strong through the injustices, and if we can just handle all the viruses and all the things that happen in our world, then one day, because of the resurrection of Jesus, We'll get pie in the sky when we die by and by. We get heaven behind door number three. And look, while Scripture does view a Christian's heavenly home as being superior to this one, when we stop and look at it a little bit more closely, it does not present the idea that the primary point of the resurrection story is something that's going to take place in the future. I want you to listen to how the Apostle Paul connects our lives to resurrection. He says this in Romans chapter 6. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. You saw Cole do that earlier. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, look at this, now we also may live new lives. Right now. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. Now look, there is both a present and there is a future promise that is talked about here. Cole has new life now. He is a different person now. Now, he might have just felt like a wet rat when he got up out of the baptistry. And we've got pictures for him to be able to see exactly what he looked like when he got out. And he might think, I don't know, I don't really feel that powerful, you know. I just kind of still feel like myself, even though his voice was a little deeper when he was back there in the lobby. But Cole has a new life now. But he also has the promise of a new life later. It is a present and it is a future promise. Listen as Paul continues. He says, so give yourselves completely to God. He says, Cole, give yourself completely over to God. You don't hold anything back. Yeah, you're a young guy and you've got all this life in front of you and who knows what's going to happen, but you don't give your life over to God just for a day or just for a minute or just for a decade. You give yourself over completely to God, he says, for you were dead, but now you have life. And it's a new life. It's a new opportunity. Because we live the promise of the resurrection now. We live the promise right now. You walked in here with it. You can walk out with it today. We're not waiting around for some future reward. We're going to be giving ourselves over completely to God now. We need to be going and loving and serving others now as we fulfill Jesus' prayer that the will of the Father will be seen here on this earth. We are to be the answer to life's misfortunes, the answer to life in, injustices now. We're to be taking down giants now. Hope needs to be rippling through our lives now, all because the power that raised Jesus empowers us now. It's our promise. And guys, that's a good thing because sometimes life just stinks. Hey, Jesus got real. Can I be real with you? 
Anybody had a stinky week this week? Go ahead. Be honest about it. I'm raising my hand. It's not just the preacher raising his hand. I'm raising it for a reason. In John 16, 33, we read that just before Jesus was arrested, he told his disciples about their personal Jerusalem. He said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. He literally said, you're going to have pressure. And he spoke about an internal pressure, one that closes in, one that feels like that you're suffocating, one that feels like, I can't breathe. He says, you're going to have it. It's going to happen. But then with an eye on the empty tomb, he added, but you be courageous. You take heart because I have overcome the world. Guys, with every Jerusalem, with every Jerusalem, there is power to endure and power to overcome. What I want you all to be able to do today is to name your Jerusalem and claim God's promise. Let me explain to you what I'm talking about. Some of you guys need to name your Jerusalem and say, we are going to college. <laughs> We're going to college. And my faith will be tested. And I will have some lonely days. And I will have some late nights. And I will pass some classes. And I will fail some others. I will, I will survive on ramen and cold pizza and Dr. Pepper. But God will empower me to be a light for him on the campus. We're going to college. We're going to assisted living. I will not be as dependent as I used to be. I will have some lonely days and some lonelier nights. I will sleep more and I'll remember less. But God will empower me to know within my soul that I am not alone and I have not been forgotten. We're going to assisted living. We're going to a new job. Now look, I know I'm going to have to start all over again. I'll have some frustrating days and I'm going to have some really tired nights. I'm going to get lost. I'm going to park in the wrong space. I'm going to forget my keys. I'm going to forget my name badge. I will say the wrong thing. I will send an inappropriate email. But God will empower me to speak his name in a new environment. We're going to the new job. We're going to the doctor. And I'll be poked and I'll be prodded. And I will be sutured and scanned. My dignity will be taken away. I'll have some anxious days, sleepless nights. I will seek another opinion. I will cry. But God will empower me to trust in his healing. We're going to the doctor. We're going to counseling. I know I'm going to be questioned. I'm going to be second-guessed. And I'm going to feel vulnerable and scared. I will have some uncomfortable days and some reflective nights. I'm going to shut down. I'm going to be reluctant to speak up. But God will empower me to ask for help. We're going to counseling. Guys, what's your Jerusalem that's on your horizon? I want you to name it this morning. And then I want you to claim the unstoppable promise of God that you live with the promise of the resurrection right now. Right now, today. No matter what your Jerusalem is, no matter what it is that you are expecting here in the future. You know, there's a growing number of individuals who just pick and choose their religion based upon what works for them. And when I say that, I mean that they kind of look around and it's like, all right, I, I, want, 
I want something that's going to make me feel better, and I want something that's going to help me be a better person, a better human, and I want to treat others well. I don't want to have a lot of anxiety. I want to be more tolerant. I want to be more patient. And, and so people look around, and they kind of pick, and it's like, hey, I like what they got over here, and I like what they offer here. Now understand, I believe that Jesus living and resurrected in your life can make you more kind. It can make you more patient and, and more tolerant. You can be a better human because Jesus is living through you. But guys, we call Jesus Lord and we share the story of his resurrection not because the story works for us and makes us better, but because we believe that the story is true. And there's a difference. You see, we believe that God sent Jesus into this world. And that he lived a sinless life, that he died as a sacrifice, and that he was resurrected. And we have staked our future, and we have staked our present on the truth of that story. And our lives bear witness to that story's continuing promise. And it's why every year we get together. Oh, we get together at other times too, and we talk about the resurrection, we talk about what Jesus has done, but at least one time a year, we kind of come together in groups that maybe we're not always with, and we get together with family and friends and strangers alike, and we say, you know what, here today, I've got to declare it one more time, just to make sure that I remind myself, the story is real, and the power is within me. Because we don't want familiarity to breed contempt. Now look, I've seen it happen a lot, but I've also seen where anticipation leads to excitement. When I was a kid, I used to drive my parents crazy when it came to vacation. I was an only child, so I was the only one that was in the back seat, so I figured I needed to make up for the fact that I had no other people with me, right? And so it was, you know, every couple of miles, hey, are we there yet? Are we there yet? I want a Happy Meal. Can I have a Happy Meal? Are we there yet? What are we going to listen to? And, and remember, it was only one radio station, right? That was all you could have. I drove them crazy. I'd have loved to have had a Bucky's, right? Isn't Bucky's awesome, by the way? You know, you go on vacation, and you like plan your vacation now to stop at Bucky's to get some brisket and also to be able to pick up, you know, some type of beef jerky and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's like going on vacation itself when you arrive at Bucky's. Some kids are like, Disney, I've made it. And they're like, no, we're, we're still going. We haven't gotten there yet. Come on, we got to get in the car. But we didn't have a Bucky's when I was growing up. We didn't have a Bucky's. Instead, we stopped at rest areas. Anybody here stop at a rest area on vacation? Remember those days? Remember the days of the picnic tables that were made out of concrete that were there to scrape your legs, right? Yeah, if the ants did not get you, the, um, the concrete would. And so you would go and, and you would stop at this rest area and you'd have to go and see which table didn't have all the bird poop on it, you know, and you're, you're trying to clean everything off. And, and maybe your mom was like mine. She pulls out, you know, the wet ones and she starts handing those little wet wipes out. And, and then we get the paper towels and start putting them down over the bird poop and, you know, trying to get the good place. And I'm trying to figure out where to sit. And I'm like, oh, it's hurting my legs. And, you know, it's hurting. And my dad's saying, we will get back in that car and go home. Sounds like some of you guys went on vacation with me. It was not what I wanted, but because I wanted, to be, I wanted to be at Six Flags, you know, eating popcorn or Stone Mountain with my corn dog on a stick, but instead we got my mama's box. My mama had a vacation box. I don't know if any of you guys had a vacation box. Maybe you still have it, but in that vacation box was everything you needed to survive in case of zombie apocalypse or vacation trip, whichever one, you know, you, you were a part of. 
And my mom would bring out the box. And, and, and she would bring out then our meal for the day. Spam. Or deviled ham. Right? Or pimento cheese with mayonnaise rubbed on it. You know. So she starts making the sandwiches and, and getting everything ready. And I'm like, how much longer are we going to have to be here? And do we have to eat this? And come on, can't we just get going? I want to go. I want to go. Fine. So I'd sit there. And I'd eat my Cheeto. Get the, all the orange stuff all over your fingers. Just so I could rub it in the back seat when we got back in the car. I mean, hey, if I was going to be forced to sit out there on the concrete, then the least they could do was let me have my fun. But guys, even though I despise that box, and we laugh about it in our family to this day, I knew that once my mom started packing it, man, it was vacation time. I mean, vacation was right around the corner. And because I knew what was coming, I was willing and I was able to endure the journey. So why do we focus on the resurrection every year? Why do we get dressed up and, and why do we come and get the pictures and, and why do we all crowd in and sit and, and go through all this? You're like, okay, I was at church last week. I was at church last month. I was here last year and we're doing the same thing. We're talking about the same story. Why do we do it? It's because truth be told, guys, we need some endurance for our journey. And we do not always see our Jerusalem on the horizon. I've told you before, the very thing that will impact your life the most is the very thing that you never see coming. It's the sickness. It's the accident. It's the phone call. The virus. The tornado. The recession. The breakup. You see, you don't always know you don't always know what's going to end up being in your vacation box. You don't know what your spam is going to be. You don't know what your pimento cheese is going to be. You don't know what's there. And so since you can't always see your Jerusalem, then you need to be able to focus on the promise of the resurrection. You focus on God's promise. Because the promise of the resurrection doesn't just reside in Scripture. It resides in you. It's not just a story. It's real. It's living. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is able to empower you to endure the troubles, to endure the pressure, those times when everything is just closing in on you in this world. Guys, your Jerusalem is coming, and maybe you can see it. Maybe you know what's on the horizon, and maybe you can say, I'm going to college, I'm going to assisted living, I'm going to the doctor, I'm going to the job. Maybe you know what's coming, but maybe you don't. So why don't you focus your eyes on the promise of God? Because your Jerusalem is coming. So focus your eyes on the unstoppable promise Guys, Easter is not an event to celebrate one time a year. Easter is a promise that Christians get to live every day. And here's what I'd love for you to do this morning. Here's what I'd love for you to do. Um, you've got, when you came in, hopefully, maybe you picked up one of our um, handouts. There's an empty space on the inside. It's just this gray, gray square. Um, I would love for you to 
to take that, either you do it right now or you can take it home with you. If you don't have one of those in your, in your lap right now, you can get one as you leave. I would love for you to get that and then just write in that box what your Jerusalem is. Okay? Now, you might not know. You might just need to write the word Jerusalem. Okay? Because you don't know what's coming. Or you might see it. You might know exactly what's on the horizon and, and where the stress and where the pressure is going to come in. And I would love for you just to go ahead and to write that in that box. Just write in the box where you go ahead and you name what that Jerusalem is. Now look, if you don't have that paper with you right now, it's all right. I just want you to be thinking about it. You get that in your mind. You start thinking, what is that Jerusalem? What is coming? Or you just have in your mind, think Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. And we're going to sing together a song called Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. And while you're looking at that, while you're looking at that Jerusalem in your hand, while you're thinking about what it is where God is sending you on this next horizon, I want you to, as we are singing, to claim the promise of the resurrection right here and right now. And maybe to do that, you need to come before this family and say, you know what, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And Cole, you inspire me, buddy. And you... I want what you got. And I want to be baptized into Christ this morning. And we'll celebrate with you with that. Maybe you need to come before this family today and say, you know what? I know the power of God is within me, but I've been doing all that I can to snuff it out. And I've been doing all that I can to keep it at bay. Maybe you need to come before this family and say, I know what my Jerusalem is, and I need to name it before this family and claim the power. And I need for you as a church body to pray for me that I will not give up my walk. We'd love for you to come before this family and do that. We've got uh, one of our elders, one of our spiritual leaders here, Shepherd, that will be in our prayer room that's in the lobby. And we want you to know that um, if you would just like to have some private time with someone because of something that's been said today or maybe just because of something you brought in here on your heart, you would like to have some private time of prayer, of reflection on Scripture, just to have someone to talk to, you can exit into our lobby and you can go into that prayer room and you can have that moment. So you've written down your Jerusalem. You've got it on your mind. Okay, here's what we're going to do. When we begin to sing, our, our worship, our praise team is going to start off singing Amazing Grace. And we're all going to stand up. But instead of you starting off singing right away, I would just like for you to stand up and say out loud what your Jerusalem is. And then join in singing, claiming the promise that the chains are gone and you've been set free and walk in the footsteps of Jesus on the road to resurrection. You ready to say what your Jerusalem is? If you just need to say Jerusalem, that's fine. You guys ready? Then let's stand. One, two, three. <laughs> 